Welcome to The Everyday Saint, where young Catholics inspire young Catholics as we're all grasping towards heaven while walking on earth as everyday saints. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Eve Rosemary, and let's get started because there's so much goodness to share. Going off that, I'm Peter Kott, um, sophomore here. I transferred in, though. Um, but you know that whole story. But I do. I'll probably I, ask you about yeah. it later. <laughs> it, was a, it was a time. But yeah, I'm happy to be here at Benedictine. I had um, four siblings attend Benedictine here before me. So that played a big part in me ending up coming here. Um, but I'm happy to be here, uh, able to grow in my faith here a lot more than I have been in other places, um, which I, I will leave unnamed for now. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's... Uh, ultimately been the right choice for me and it's been a big blessing to be here so yeah yeah, yeah. what are you studying peter um i'm i actually just declared yesterday ah, uh, so yeah thank you yeah i i'm uh, marketing um uh business marketing for my major with a minor in theology um so obviously theology minor theology minors are so easy to tack on to like your major yeah, it's like three really. more classes and i already enjoy the content so what's three more classes right so yeah I'm in um, Synoptics and Christian Moral Life right now, and I think we're I'm, in the same ones. That's are you funny. In Christian a Moral Life? Yeah, but okay. it, we must be at different times. Do you have minor, or do you have? Oh, I have Swafford. Oh, so you're eight a.m. Swafford. I am. Okay, I'm nine a.m. Swafford. Ah, there so, you go. There yeah. you go. I heard so much. I wish I could take nine a.m. Swafford, but I have my campus ministry oh, office hour. Yeah. Instead. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm really enjoying Swafford. Um, I've read I read uh, Augustine's Confessions in high school though. So. Yeah. What do you like, think of it? Honestly, it's not my, it's not my favorite, okay. um, which might be an unpopular opinion. Um, it's good to come back to, because I read it sophomore year of high school, so what, six years later now for me, coming back and reading it, with, has a little bit of a different perspective, and there are a lot of good points, and a lot of the struggles he's facing are universal and transcend, you know, centuries, um, so it's not like his struggles are going to be only for him, um, but... A lot of the text is just very much the same to me. He's like, oh, I'm struggling mm-hmm. with this worldly thing. And then he inserts in, oh, Lord, my God, or such praise, which is obviously good. But it's very much, it almost feels repetitive. And at a time with, like, the whole, do babies have sin? Are babies sinning? Or the stealing the pears? All of these things that he's grappling with. Sometimes it feels scrupulous. Yeah. Is sometimes what I feel like, whether or not it is, he just, I don't know, maybe I'm too lax, essentially. Maybe he has it right and I have it wrong. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know. He's, it's not my favorite book. It's not okay. bad. It's just, I'm looking forward to Mere Christianity or Screwtape Letters. Or, oh, C.S. Lewis yeah. is good. I like C.S. Yeah. Lewis. I've lot. read Screwtape before. I don't know about Mere Christianity. I might have read it before, but... Um, I'd like to, I'm like, I'm actually going to reread those like pretty deeply. Um, and I'm excited for that. So yeah, yeah. I started screw tape over winter break and then I saw we were reading it for oh. class. So I was kind of like, did you stop or did you finish it? I stopped. I'm, okay. I was like halfway through. Yeah. So I'll just review that part when we get to those mm-hmm. discussions, I think, and then finish reading the rest of it. Was that your first time reading it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. I, where was it? Oh, I was at the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in oh, Wisconsin, which was yeah. like a Marian apparition site. Yeah, no, I've been there. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you think... know, like, the Walk to Mary? Yes. Yeah, so, like, I did that freshman year of high school, probably, and it's yeah. like, I don't know, six, 16, 20-some miles of walking. 
And yeah, you walk I, from, I've like, heard of it, but I've never yeah. done it. I was not happy when I heard about it. My mom's <laughs> like, we're going to walk, like, 20-plus miles, like, across Wisconsin to this church. And I'm like, oh, boy. And, I, I mean, looking back on it, it was a great experience. But at the time, I wasn't too thrilled. I, yeah. like, had to leave school early and, like wasn't going to spend time with my friends that weekend because I'd be in Wisconsin and, like, kind of middle of nowhere Wisconsin a little bit. So. It is the middle of nowhere yeah. Wisconsin. Um, but it was, I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful shrine. Um, yeah, do you know the story of the shrine? Is Am I remembering it correctly that it has all the canes? Did they have all the canes there? Yeah, okay. I think that people have lived there after Yeah, but I don't know the story of, like, the apparition. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell it because I think it's a really good <laughs> okay. cool story. But it was Sister Adele was like walking in the forest one day. Okay. I think going to mass or food or something, something. Yeah. I don't know. And between these two trees, she saw Mary. And I think she walked by and saw her a couple different times, like at various. It was the same location, but at different times. Yeah. Um, and with different people. And I think. I can't remember all the facts, but I remember one, I know one time when she was walking by, she had like asked who she was and she was with her friends. And I think Mary revealed that it was Mary. So she was like, she told her friends, she was like, Neil, like Mary's in front of us. And her friends without seeing Mary, like kneeled to and like trusted their friend, um, which was like faith without seeing, just kind of cool. And Mary told her to like... Um, administer religious education to the people in that area and the the children Mm -hmm. in that area so she started a school like she started doing like homeschool and then she actually started a school there um right by the shrine like the church now is built on top of the two trees that Adele saw Mary at and that school when the Shano fire happened which is the it happened the same night as the Chicago fire, but it was actually larger than the Chicago fire, but Chicago's yeah. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Chicago got all, like, the yep. um, the news for it, but the Shano fire was much larger than that. And they, all the kids and all the sisters went outside and started praying rosaries. Um. And the fence around the church and the school was untouched. Everything around it, like, was burned to ashes, except for the spot where... The Marian operation site happened That's and where wild. everyone was praying. I, there's a similar story to, like, like the fire stopping at... Do you know Thomas Aquinas College in California? Yeah. So my brother just graduated from there last uh, last spring. But uh, they had a fire around, like, the surrounding area. And it also stopped, like, right on the edge of the property there. Oh. so Of Thomas Aquinas College. So Like, recently? This was... Hmm, maybe 80s or 90s. So, not... Like, super long ago, but not super recently. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, no one knows why it stopped. And, like, it was a massive forest fire. Like, California's been suffering with those forever. Right. But, like, the fact that it just, like, stops for some unknown reason. I don't yeah. know. That's, that's, that's something crazy. that, like, I don't know. It, the, the idea of, like, power over nature and, like power in nature sort of like stands out to me so like why did the fire stop like there could be a scientific reason there could like we don't entirely know but just simply the fact that like it could be willed to stop right um and like 
how powerful we view fire as. Like, it can destroy everything. Like, it rips life away from acres and acres of forest. But, like, also, at the same time, it's a symbol of power and it's the symbol of the Holy Spirit. So, like, fire is both life-giving and giving warmth, but also destructive. Um, And the fact that it stopped in front of um, both St. Thomas Aquinas uh, College and uh, the Our Lady of Good Help Shrine, it shows someone has more power over fire, which is one of, like, the most unstoppable things often, like, seen if, like, a fire is raging, right? How much work we have to put in to stop it. But, like, it just stopped like that. So, I mean, there's a lot of, like, I mean, any miracle that you talk about, it begs the question of, like, why? And a lot of a lot of people, I mean, for good reason, try to seek, like, the scientific understanding of it. And I've never been much of a science guy myself. I'm not like, uh, like, I want to know, like, the scientific reason. I'm just like, oh, that's cool. And if scientists, scientists discover something or show something, that's cool. But whether or not it's scientifically provable or not, that doesn't matter, right? Like, faith and reason, like, science doesn't contradict our faith, but it, like, supplements it. So there could be scientific reason why these fires stopped, um, but the fact that these fires stopped doesn't contradict the fact that there could have been divine intervention. Um, and I think that in our culture, there's a lot, they're pitted against each other. Like, science, rationalists versus, you know, theists and people who think, you know, you know, God played a role in all this stuff. And you're, we're losing sight of, like, the real reason science, like, the real purpose of science and what science should be doing and the, the beauty of science and science working hand-in-hand hand with faith and, I think, Benedictine with, I mean, I'm not in science classes. I took astronomy. I'm in astronomy. And I took, do you have <laughs> yeah. Decker? Yep. Yeah, I love him. What a guy. So it's, like, <laughs> it's kind of a cop-out. Uh, science class, in my opinion, the lab is nothing compared to, like, three-hour labs people are doing, but, like, yeah. I'm not a big science guy, but the people I talk to with chemistry, biology, um, one of my close friends, she's in a evolution class, or was in an evolution class, um, and sort of just discussing, like, what, like, how these go hand-in-hand, hand, how these scientific beliefs don't contradict, and how they can essentially work to better, like, fulfill our faith and supplement our faith and although i'm not going to pursue chemistry or biology it still would be something cool to like talk about and think about um but just i think benedictine and like their dedication to the arts and like the sciences here they've found a great way of like balancing the two between faith and science yeah Yeah. i i definitely agree and i remember in high school, I had, like, my TikTok evangelization yep. thing. Super cringy. But <laughs> I remember having debates with atheists or agnostics mm-hmm. in my comment section about, like, science and faith. And most of the time, it would just be, like, them kind of, like, screaming in my face. But, you know, over yeah. comment section, like, science is real, God is not. Mm-hmm. But they're not meant to contradict no. each other at all. 
And it's not like one can exist without the other. Kind of like if you're studying math, just because you're not like directly using English in math, that doesn't mean that English doesn't exist. Yeah. But even then, science and theology yeah. go go so much hand in hand that they work together. It's like sort of touching on the yelling at someone over social media. It It's so tempting because it's like, you know, you have anonymity. Like you're able to just like speak your mind without someone like being able to confront you face to face. And I understand people who have firm beliefs and want to share those beliefs on social media. And that's, that's great. I mean, that's what exactly what this podcast is doing, but, um, there's a certain point where simply posting something to your story and proving that you support a certain cause. I rarely do it because I don't feel as if it goes as much of a way as setting an example in person or in my personal interaction or in conversations. And that's why I so much, I so much value like conversations with people in general, not to say I don't like interacting with people on social media or over text, but especially like having deep conversations with people in person or deep conversations with people who don't always have the same views as you. Because if you're able to have civil conversations with these people and whether or not you change, either of you change each other's mind, you have a better understanding of what other people think and why other people think that. And if it makes them and so many others like them with similar beliefs so much easier to love. Because if you understand someone and like at their core, or at least as close to the core that they get and everything that they believe and how that implements their actions, you're able to love them because you know them to the deepest extent that you can. Yeah. yeah. No, I I even remember like posting those videos on TikTok all those years ago. Like it was a 30 to 60 second clip mm-hmm. and then all of this pushed back and it'd be in a small comment section where you have like 50 characters, which is nowhere near yeah. enough to prove the existence of yeah. God. And not even, most of the time people who are commenting those things aren't even willing to change their mind and that's why they're commenting mm-hmm. it. And it's... It can't even be a civil conversation of trying to convert them because they're like you're both almost so one way and like no I'm right and I'm right and we know the truth but that doesn't discredit the fact that they they don't believe that and they might not treat us with the same respect that we're offering forth in those Mm -hmm. conversations and I just I always remember like feeling so aggravated from those comments because it was relentless like you could, like, give all of this proof. And I would bring up, like, the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help yeah. and other Marian apparitions and different things, and they'd always have something to say about it. And it never got anywhere. Like, I don't think I ever once converted somebody based off yeah. of that conversation, but I still felt the need to defend it. And going into this ministry of a podcast, I knew that there is also a chance of, like, getting those similar comments um, or, you know, direct messages or something like that. And I made a commitment to myself. Like, I was like, I'm not going to respond to those things because there's really no point. Yeah. If they're, unless they're asking a question, like genuinely wanting an answer, but if they're just looking for a fight, you're not going to yeah. get anywhere. And there's just really, there's nothing you can do. And I, even like trying to get people, say, to volunteer for a retreat team or, join ministry or you know do like miss america when i was like trying to 
increase the program. Some of that was done over social media or text messages or emails, but a lot of it is like talking to you in person. Like that's how you get somebody because it's a conversation and you get to say like, oh, this is like the example that I'm setting through this conversation and this is really how I've benefited from and you know, text messages are tone deaf. Like they they have no inflection. Mm -hmm. And when you're able to have that conversation, it's much more meaningful and much more powerful. And like going off the conversation, um, it reminded me of like essentially prayer life. So prayer should be conversation with God. Um, And despite how much I love in-person conversation, I, both in my personal relationships with other people, um, but also especially in my uh, prayer life, I am very much working on listening and Mm -hmm. just like listening to other people when they're talking and actually listening, not pretending like I'm listening, like hearing everything they have to say in fullness and then being able to respond to the sum of what they've just told me. And when I find myself going to adoration, which it's great, we have 24-hour adoration over at St. Ben's, which I've started going to. I mean, I try to, like, at least three or four days a week. Um, but when I go there, and I'll pray my rosary there or do, you know, actual, like, prayers, like, with words. Like, from the uh, saints exact, or, like, genuine? From the saints. So Or, like, whether it's just, like, the rosary or if it's, uh, you know, reading from the Magnificat or reading the Bible and all of that is great, right? And beautiful forms of prayer, but I'm working on simply setting that all aside and just trying to like remain silent and listen because that's what I need to hear essentially. I need to hear God's voice because I can talk to him all I want, but if I don't let him respond, then how am I getting to know him? Like, at his core. Like, as I want to get to know everyone or come to understand everyone and love everyone, if I don't know who they are at their core through what they want to tell me, then I won't get to know them. And God wants me to know him at my core just as he knows me. Um, God wants me to know him at his core just as he knows me at my core. And that happens through listening and my mind will run at a million miles a minute when it's silent but like God still breaks through at times and I was talking to a friend the other day I was just like you know overthinking thinking through life and she was like how does God talk to you because for me it's almost like a it's a stamp on my in my brain essentially of just like a thought or something that just like appears and it's not like when I think I think word for word and like build a thought but this thought just appears Mm -hmm. and or this idea or it's something you should do or somewhere you should go in life simply appears to you and I'm like you sort of knit that you hit the nail on the head of what my experience of like what I thought was something God told me was um because you know something that I felt like I needed to do in my life it just sort of appeared in my mind and I was like oh yeah that's a good idea but then I was like okay but like was that actually God or was that my thoughts and she said no 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 that's where the devil's trying to get you because the devil wants you to think it was your idea and you're able to think through this on yourself like on your own and that God's not playing any part in guiding you and that God's like completely 
essentially step back and just watching. Like he doesn't have any suggestions for you in life. And I was like, oh, I, that that makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's fair. I was like, well, you know, everyone likes to think, oh, I had a good idea, right? Like I thought through this. I thought through these issues in my life. I found the solution, but oftentimes you can't find the solution. But then the solution appears in your mind and you might not have found it. Um, but oftentimes I find the solutions or peace, whether it's at mass or at adoration. And it's just like, it's less that God speaks to you and it's more that he simply like speaks into you and then you, you know, 